Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with Lisa Traeger. I know Lisa... Oh, wow, I've known Lisa for seven years now. Uh, she's fantastic. I like her very much as a human being. She is a New York City-based stand-up comedian, and you can see her all over this great country of ours. I'm assuming you live in America, uh, United States of America to be specific. Uh, I don't know where you live. This is the internet. Good for you. Uh, in theory, you could see her anywhere in the world. Uh, you have a computer. You're listening to this, so I'm assuming you have some sort of device to listen to a podcast. Watch her online. She has a Comedy Central special. You could listen to her record. You could listen to it on Spotify. That's how I listen to it. So, yeah, Lisa's great. Uh, we talk about a bunch of stuff. Nothing in particular. Actually, yeah, we talk a lot about comedy and ethics and comedy. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds horrible. It's a fun episode. I like Lisa quite a bit. Uh, here you go. Here's the episode. Why doesn't that work? That's a really good joke. Um, I don't know if people get it. I don't know. But it's funny to me where it's like there's always one ugly one for girls with low self-esteem to attach themselves to. I think you switch it to in sync and you go I wasn't a JT f- I was I was a JT fan. I wasn't a Joey Fatone fan. I mean, or well Chris Kirkpatrick. Sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. why. And I would go Fatone even more than Kirkpatrick because Fatone has shows right now. My favorite thing was when One Direction was breaking up and Joey Fatone was like I'm the second most successful NSYNC member. Do not leave the band. (laughs) It's this whole viral video of him being like, life is terrible. Look what I just did. It was awesome. Um, I don't think I've ever run out of stuff to talk about with you. No, we love to chat. It's bad. No, it's not. You don't think it's bad? Wow. I've I've slept at your place a handful of times. Yes. And by the way, I Is just started. Yeah, we're starting. Oh, okay. I would just like. To I don't know if out. there was like an intro, like da na na na. I'll, I'll do it at the top. Okay. <laughs> um, I've thought many times, like, oh, I didn't even drink tonight. I'm staying with Lisa. I'm gonna get in bed by midnight, and I'm gonna get eight hours of sleep. This never happened. A hundred percent of the times we end up talking till like four, five, six a.m. But that's like why sleepovers were fun when we were kids, and that's why women sit around drinking tea for hours. It's like that's the that's why people go to bars is just to talk. Yeah, but it's weird because I don't have that with many people. Well, your best friends, hopefully. No, none of my guy. You friends. You and Haas don't talk. Oh yeah, we we talk. Maybe it's just you need girlfriends. Maybe it's my girlfriends. No, men and friends. I. Oh, so I did a roast battle. Yes. Um, against Joe List. So I tried to talk to all of his best friends and I really wanted to know what his parents' job was. No one knew. Yeah. Men friendships confuse me. It was uh, this boy, Joe, the, another Joe's birthday this week and I asked one of his best friends, I'm like, what'd you get him? What are you guys going to do? He goes, I don't know. I'll buy him a meal. I'm like, yeah, that's about it. Get away from me. I'll buy you. Maybe I'll j- ticket to a thing that we can go together, like a baseball game. That sounds like fun, but like like some of his friends that he's been doing comedy with for close to a decade saw him and were like, oh, it's your birthday. Like they didn't even know. And I just, yeah, men friendships, uh, they're, that's why they're so simple and there's less fights. Because I think a lot of times people bring up that like women treat their friends so poorly and there's so much drama. And I think it's because we're just more close. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten into like a screaming match with any friend. Now that I think about it. I think the standards for male friendship are simple. It's like, can you watch things? Can you drink? Do you want to judge women? And then (laughs) we're friends. So pretty much judging women is the one thing that's across the board. We're all going to just judge women poorly. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, How tired are you? And do you always know where you're waking up? Um, I'm never really tired. No, I wake up in the afternoon. Okay. But what if you can't wake up with it? Like tomorrow, you're going back to New York. Yeah, uh, but I'll sleep on the train. But uh, like when I have call times yes. for like sets, it's always a problem the first night. Really? Yeah, I usually only get four or five hours. Like I just filmed something a couple Wednesdays ago, 
and my call time was 8.30 and I fell asleep around like 4. Do you like when other people do your makeup? Yes. Do you ever hate it, but you're like, I guess I'm doing this? Uh, that I hate, I, um, I used to let people, when I didn't like it, I was like, okay, but now I'm very vocal. Okay, like what's one thing that you just hate? Um, I hate when a dark, like dark eyeshadow goes above the cre- the eyelid. Why? I just don't like the way I look on it. I want a light on the eyelid and in the crease I can have a dark, but I don't like when the shadows go too much. I don't like when my eyebrows are too dark. I don't like a bold lip. Um, have you shown up to set thinking there was makeup and there wasn't makeup? No, that's one of the first questions I ask. Really? Is there hair and makeup? And then now I've been requesting a woman that I really like, and I've gone to a few shoots where I've gotten her, so that's been good. Is this a New York or LA woman? She's in New York. Okay. Because so- I have someone in Chicago that I've worked with, and when I was a receptionist at the hair salons, I always told them, I'm like, if I make it, I'm taking you. And I hopefully and you, you one did that. Day- no, I hope one day I can take him. Oh my god, that's so cool! But I'm not at the point. So in New York, like I can, you know, they pay for it and it's all good. But I paid her this past Sunday. I needed her, and I just paid out of pocket. But like, how much does that run for makeup? Well, she came to my house, so for hair and makeup, I paid her two fifty. Holy which is a lot. shit! How much was you're getting paid for the for the day? Um, I don't maybe like eight hundred. I don't know. But it was for TV. What was it for? For the roast battle. Okay. And they weren't providing anything, so like I just. That's just what I would want to do. Damn. But if I went to her house or we met somewhere else, it'd be cheaper. But like I had, our, you know, Jeff Steinberg in there and I was like writing and I got to walk around and she was like following me and I was like a pain in the ass. And so like to me, that's worth being in my home drinking coffee, like being able to pee when I want, like doing what I want. Is that like a weird success note that you always were like, I'm now successful enough to hire a hair and makeup woman while I walk around and drink coffee in my apartment? Um, It was the first time I'd ever done it. And... I hope, yeah, that's like one thing I hope to be able to have. Not every day, but like I, I love being able, because my thing is like, no matter how good I can do it, this is their profession. Of course, I'm going to look better. Sure, sure. Okay. What about like. I like to reward people that are good at their jobs. What about a stylist? Have you ever had a stylist? Yes. This is my friend, Sabrina. Yes. Her wife, Shauna, is a stylist. Okay. And she's a dream. What if your friend's wife wasn't a good stylist? That would suck. And I don't know if I would know, but Shauna is a gift from God. Okay. I don't want to talk about nice things. That's not nearly as interesting. Oh, I mean, I've, this is the thing. Like, I once did a photo shoot for Chicago Magazine, and I they added, like, extra hair and makeup. I remember the photo shoot. I hate it. That's like the photo shoot where you're like a little girl with a lolly, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I hated everything, but I just, like, went along with it. That would never happen today. I would say you're not doing that. This is too you dark. You know what? I, I, under- like I totally, I think I understand why you didn't like that photo shoot. But I don't think it's a bad photo shoot. I loved the shoot. I hated my hair and makeup. But you look like a character. You didn't look like sure. a... Sure. Which is not necessarily the worst thing. It definitely makes you stand out from a normal, I'm a human being. No, no. This is clearly a character that doesn't go on stage looking like this. And I'm also fine to trust people. Like, for my half hour, Shauna said, I'm going to get you in a jumpsuit. And I was like, "You're I'm, no way. There's no way. And we went shopping for days. And we, and like, we bought a bunch of different things. And... She just helped put a wardrobe together and she got me in a fucking jumpsuit and I looked great, you know? Okay, so you're filming a thing on Thursday this week. Yeah. In LA. Yeah. So you probably don't know your hair and makeup people? No, but I actually were I did a test shoot and they were incredible to the point where I took a photo of her the hair and said, This is what I'm gonna be able to request from now on. Okay. So they did an amazing job. How early And it's cause it's a fucking woman that's running the show. How early did you get there for hair and makeup? 
Um, well, with shows like that, you get there early either way just because you have to write and kind of like go through everything, but probably two hours ahead of time. Okay, that is not that early. That no. doesn't seem crazy at all. For like at midnight, but like for at midnight and Chelsea lately and all yeah. of those things where like you don't get the material till the day of, being a woman hinders your work time for sure. Because on this show that you're doing on Thursday, Jim Jeffers is the other guy. Yeah. He's not going to be in hair and no. makeup. At all, maybe. No, so that's what's great. It's like Emmy Blonnet or like other people can be around and you're writing with them. And you that's why you need people. Like I brought people to help me write and they don't get their role. And the role is like if someone's doing TV, like I'm going to be bossy and you just have to do it. You know what I mean? Because if I'm doing hair and makeup, I'll be like, write that down. You need someone that doesn't have an ego that's just going to like kind of uh, like Prescott Tolk's an amazing TV writer. He makes money off of mm-hmm. making stuff and writing but when he would come with me with Chel- from with Chelsea like he had no ego and he knew that he was there to help me so he would come to hair and make like sit like he would be get, get me that pen do that and like you need someone to do that so you are starting like a bench player like a, for and basketball I do that terms too. yeah like you a six man yeah so like you know when Sabrina did the nightly show I was there and she left like her hats and stuff in the car I was the first one out looking for the car getting the coordinator like I was just there dealing with that so then she could just write her jokes and worry about that. So, like, if you bring a friend... Because I brought a friend to a TV taping that did not understand that and was very selfish. Let's not name names unless you want to, but what did that friend do that was incorrect? She was going to feel weird because someone else was going to be there that she didn't like. And instead of being like, I'll just sit in the audience, she brought an extra friend. She wanted to talk to people. I've had someone ask to come to then talk to a producer to get on that show. Um... Or just like, yeah, ego doesn't work well in any of this stuff. And I act like a cunt when I'm about to like write for stuff because I'm like anxious and that's how I get it out. So it's like people are doing hair and makeup or we're trying to write jokes and I don't have that much time. So it's like I need to just be like quick and not have any politeness. And I'm totally fine to do that for any of my friends as well. Do you think that anxiety helps when you're about to record something? Because it kind of makes you try harder. You can't just rest on your stand up. Maybe. But, like, for the half hour, I was very anxious. I was really mean. And Sabrina and Shauna were like, you need to go masturbate or do something because you're a nightmare. And they called my manager and was like, she's being a nightmare. You have She's yelled at her mom, like, you have to come here. So then my manager came. We got ramen. She bought me a bunch of necklaces. Whatever. I was just, like, anxious. And then once you go on stage, you're like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. Yeah, but it seems like no matter what, you're going to be anxious. You're filming a special. Yeah. Especially your first special. There's yeah. no way around that. But now I've gotten to some shows. Like, I'll film something for a channel that's not that good, and I'm not even nervous. At all. Like, I won't even prepare, and it doesn't matter. You have a Snapchat show so, for Comedy Central. Yeah. Do you care at all about how you look for that, or no? Yeah, I got my hair and makeup, and then okay. I bring all my own clothes. Okay. Um, but I didn't like the first set, and then I requested my girl for the second set, and I got her. I'm, I told you this before earlier when we were not on mic. I have not watched that. Yeah, no, because I don't, don't have to. use Snapchat. Yeah. Do you use Snapchat? Um, very casually, like, like a bunch of people have told me to use it and it's actually pretty fun, Okay, but it is annoying when you're with someone that like wants to do it all the time. That's with everything. Have you used Periscope? I have not. You could take a drink. It's okay. I know. For the listener at home, uh, I'm two and a half drinks in. Uh, I don't think I've drank in the daylight without a sporting event in maybe since vacation. Wait, so what games do you go to here? Nationals, Washington Nationals baseball. Um, I've only been to one game this year and it was a Cubs game. Okay, I'm great. still a Cubs and Do you Sox wear Cubs fan. Gear? Oh yeah, I wore a uh, oh, Andre Dawson jersey. Um, I had fucking baller tickets too. 
uh, I'm blatantly bragging now. I used my Brace Young Things connections to get As you should. great fucking seats. So, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I'd say half the crowd there was there for the Cubs. Oh, great. Um, they travel really well. And well, the Nationals are also a new team, right? New. It's, ten, it's uh, 11 years in, um, but D.C.'s got a lot of money, and so all their games are pretty well attended. That being said, Chicago fans are always well represented. There's still a Chicago president. How like, do you feel about Derek Rose? I'm torn. He, I think it's good that he left. Um, our mutual friend CJ wrote a pretty good Facebook post about like, yeah, you should leave Chicago even if you're from there. And I wouldn't have agreed with that until I left. But like, you're kind of glad you left Chicago. Yeah, I would never go back. See, I want to go back, but not necessarily right now. And I told you this before. I want to live there right now three months of the year. And then it'd be like a month at a time or two weeks at a time and go back and forth. But no, this last visit I had was like the best visit ever. It yes. was so much fun. But I do really enjoy New York. And that's fine. I don't. I like New York okay. Yeah. I like D.C. okay. I like Baltimore maybe more than New York. I like Philly maybe more than New York. And I don't want to live in Philly. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. But, like, I'm not single. I'm in my 30s. Tell me a reason to live in New York. I can't think of one. Yeah, unless it's for a career, I'm always confused why anyone would be there. It's a nightmare. And and I'm not leaving here. Like, my wife has a good job. Yeah. It'd be different. D.C. is a great town. It's one of... My favorite audiences to perform in front of. Is it? Yeah. They're smart, but they work hard, so they're, like, drunk, and they're ready for a good time. Sure. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with that. But I do a show on a Friday night, so it's way worse, because they're like, I'm drunk, and I want to talk now. Yeah. So fuck that noise. (laughs) No, I love... DC is one of my favorite towns to come to. I come here more than a lot of different places. I think, like, here in Cleveland, I've been the most... Well, there's money here. That's the thing. Like, if you could figure out how to get paid... Like, you're at the Kennedy Center tonight. Yeah. Doing a show. Like, there's institutions with money. You should figure that out if you're a performer, regardless of the art. Yeah. Come to D.C., someone should be paying your ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not how it is in Cleveland, I'm going to guess. Why are you in Cleveland so much? Well, because when I lived in Chicago, it was easy, and Ramon ran all these shows. And it's also, if you drive to New York to visit, it's on the way. Oh, uh, okay. So you stop in Cleveland, you do a show. And another great thing about Cleveland is most of the f- there's no chains there, really. It's a lot of local food. So, like, the restaurants are great. The breweries are great. I was there um, when the Christmas ale gets tapped. They tap the keg, and it's, like, it's fun. They take pride in a lot of their things, and it's delicious food and drinks. I like the people of Cleveland. They have a little too low self-esteem. Agreed. Because whenever you're like, I love being in Cleveland, they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, they never believe that you have a good time there. I like Milwaukee almost the same way. Milwaukee's. I love Milwaukee. Milwaukee's so Milwaukee's cute. Milwaukee's an amazing town. But if you're that close to Chicago, like, why am I going to Milwaukee? You know what I mean? Um, well, the breweries there are great, and you could take a boat ride to all the breweries. I did not do that. I should do that. Lakefront Brewery is amazing. Have you been it's to Sprecher? No, what is that? It's just outside of Milwaukee. No. They're great. They have sodas, too. You might know them from their sodas, but their beers are good, What's too. What's the name? Sprecher. No. Do they do, like, root beers? I'm they do root beers as like, well. Sodas but stuff. they have, like, beer, beer. And the cheese, like, you get to eat, like, Reuben egg rolls and dip in nacho <laughs> cheese. You, like, you get to do crazy things. But you could do that in Chicago. And the venues are really fun to play. So you've performed in Milwaukee. Yeah. I've done, a f- like, one show there. It did not go. I opened for a few people at Turner Hall. Oh, shit. You're doing real shows. Who did you open for? I opened for Schumer. Um, I opened Were you still for living Rob in Chicago? Delaney. Yeah. Okay. And uh, John Caparulo. How many times have you opened for somebody at a theater and you're like, oh, this is, I'm way better than the headliner? Not so much at a theater, but like... I'm sure at clubs all the time. Yeah, it's just like a different level of stand-up. There's a lot of people that you open for that like aren't stand-ups, but they're famous. 
Like I've opened for Steve-O a couple times and the audience is there to see him. They want to see him. They don't care about me or what I have to do. But like he's not a stand up no matter. And he's gotten better, actually. Like I've I've opened for him throughout years. So like. But yeah, he's an open micer who gets this opportunity. So it's I like, love that you also met Steve-O when you were like 18. I did. And there's a pretty great photo of you like yeah. harassing Steve-O. Yeah. I love Steve. I mean, I love Jackass so much. I did. Johnny Knox. I love it all. Do I you- still follow all of them. Do you have any shame in the things that you enjoy? Is there any guilty pleasure for you? No, I don't. I don't get that. Good. Do you? Are you? Do you have guilty? I don't think so. Not anymore. I talk about everything I love at this point way too much. I just did a show where you had to pick a movie that you're guilty of liking, and then afterwards they played clips from the movie, and you talk about why you like the movie. I picked Cheaper by the Dozen. There's nothing wrong. Like Bonnie Hunt is a fucking treasure. Yeah, and the kids are cute. It's like a fun time. Yeah, I just what I um, what I like is the idea of like everything is made for what it is. So stop trying to compare something that's it is what it is. It's yeah. like when people say wrestling is fake, and it's like no, it's not. It just is what it is. Um, it's not fake anything. So I've been talking about wrestling way too much. Well, for the wrestling is having a resurgence is right it? now. All the indie things. A lot of people okay, that didn't stop. like it are going. Stop. I know people have loved it forever. No, 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 no. What I want to know is, do you believe that that's true? Or yes. because of our social circles, we think it's a lot bigger than it actually is. That's what I want to know. Okay. Because I, I don't know. Valid. Yes, you like it now-ish, sort of. I've always liked I mean... It's mostly because of Marty and my ex-wife Ricky and like that I exactly. know Colt and like punks from Chicago. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah, cool. Yeah. But I respect it and I love watching it and it's fun. But like I'm not gonna keep stat. Like I don't, care. you know what I mean. I watch all. I'm a casual it. lover, but like I will fight. I'm a casual to lover. It. I will fight to defend it. I think it's awesome. I agree completely. But yeah, you're right. Maybe it's comedy. But a lot of like girls are into it now. Like all of these like young girls love it. Really. Yeah, like Lauren Vino started going and writing about wrestling, and she's going to all these indie things. Are you friends with Lauren still? I hope you are. I mean, this is weird. Not real. I don't see her very much. That's a dis- well, that, <laughs> who cares? I, I'm just- I see her around town. We're pleasant. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're pleasant. So I. She's at a, I mean, I am. Like, unless you're at a show or like we're at a show, I. It's hard to see people. You really have to make an effort. We talked about this before. You still like seeing people perform stand up. Yes. And you're seven years in. Yeah. I think that that's rare. I think it is rare, but I didn't realize until yesterday when I had a conversation with a comic who said they hate who watching you, it. Can you say... Oh, yeah, it was Sarah. Okay, Sarah Armour. Yeah. Okay. She said she doesn't really... She's like, there's only a few people that I really like watching. But I also like watching my friends get better. But it's not every set. Like, just because I love watching Tommy Mac, I don't have to watch Tommy Mac every time I see him. But, like, I will make a point if I know... Someone's on earlier or later. I'm going to stay or like watch someone I care for. I think that's a good point. But what about new people? How new? No, no. I think I will give literally anyone a shot if I've never seen them. But if I've seen them once and they're horrible, I'm much more likely to just walk away. And that's not fair. I just have I just have so much knowledge about so many people. Even if I haven't seen them, it kind of like influences if I stay or not. So what I don't know if, if I a, would give everyone. A what chance. if you're in a different city? What if you're like in Indianapolis and you just happen to be there? Would and you're like you're performing at like the Rooster Tea Feathers or whatever the fuck it's called, and okay. then you happen to be in an open mic for some reason? Would you actually watch the performers there? Because I feel like in that case you might want to for a little bit, maybe for a drink. But yeah, no. I. 
I will but watch. But when I was home in Chicago, like, I, it's also. Like, okay, let's go back. You're going, you're visiting home in Chicago. You're at Cole's. Yeah, I wanted to watch the new people. Okay, you did. Okay. So that's good. But not so, but th- this is the thing, like, in New York, like, when you're trying to do multiple shows, uh-huh. I get there right as I'm about to go on and I leave. So a lot of times it doesn't work out. And in sure. Chicago, I did have multiple shows a night. But I did see someone I'd never seen before who's a younger comic. And I thought he was really funny. And it was exciting. And so then now if someone if someone older now asks like or someone in New York is like because people come to Chicago and they say, can you recommend an opener? And so I'm in a position where I get to recommend someone that would be good for that person. So now I have this one newer person that I know is solid that can open for someone if they need. Um, Do you. Because I get asked all the time for openers in Chicago. Who do you usually recommend? Because it all depends on the person. Uh, but like I knew I, I always recommend like Marty Flannery, Jeffrey Curry, I think has got like is so funny. But like Sashir was coming to town. I knew she would like Rebecca O'Neill. And so Rebecca's opening for her. And it's like, yeah, that's perfect. So a lot of the, or like Todd Berry doesn't like crowd work. So it'd have to be some and he's low energy. So I do someone that's like maybe a little higher energy. And it's also like, is there a host feature or is it just I a see, one person? Because you need someone powerful enough to like open a show, start it and bring someone up. Sure. So it just depends on like the person and what's going on. Yeah. But um, like now, like, yeah, I recommend people for the person uh, and I want them to get along. So like my friend Ricky Velez was in town and I recommended Maddie because Ricky likes to, like smoke weed and party and have a good time. And like, not only is Maddie funny, but they would get along. So I think it's not just about comedy. It's like, I want them to have a good time in Chicago. So I want to pair them or like recommend someone that they would have a fun time with. That's good. I don't think that that's the norm. Yeah. So it's not always like, even if I think someone's the funniest, I might not always recommend them for a specific person. Sure. Is it weird going back now and being one of the people that other people are like, oh, she's here. I have to do well. Or like, she's here. Fuck her. She's too big. I didn't sense any of that, but there was okay. a lot of like younger people that were like, "Hey, oh my god, I can't yeah, believe exactly. you're here! I'm starstruck." Did you think about that before you went? No, and then all of a sudden, like people found out I was in town and started being like, "Can you do my show? Can you do my yeah. show?" And it's like, of course, I can do all of your shows. This is all I've ever wanted. And yeah, it was weird for younger people to like. They're not even younger, too, by the way, in terms of age. They just no, haven't been doing it as con- long. Yeah. yeah, but like, it's nice to go back when your friends all treat you like shit, like how you belong. I don't, you know what I mean? I, absolutely. I don't think I'll ever have that experience, but I do know what you mean. Where it's like uh, the people that I came up with don't care. No, no, And they my don't. friends don't care. No, they don't. But it was weird having like certain people be like, oh my God. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like Just like a uh, little extra compliments or whatever. But What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Oh. Be it stand up or other. I would. I don't know if I can say that offhand okay yeah i don't i don't even know it'd be weird if you actually did have it like oh i know it <laughs> yeah here I we go no i have no idea yeah if you could do any show what show would you do television show sure veep i'm sorry <laughs> jesus christ well no i would love to do a voice on the simpsons and that's like something yeah. that will forever be with me but do you want the show to end yes i wanted it to end five years ago oh okay 10 years i mean yeah i interviewed a simpsons writer and he's like it was really disappointing to work on it? Not to work on it, but to hear him talk about it. He also wrote for like Beavis and Butthead and Daria. And I was like, oh, I'm a huge Daria fan. Like, uh, did you like your episode? He's like, I never watched it. I was like, you fucking wrote the episode. He's like, yeah, I don't care. It's a check. So Weird. Yeah, it was really disappointing. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. But I guess once you learn a formula on the thing, you just It's just still chug. like, ugh. 
No, because this is the thing. Like, The Simpsons is the best show. And what's going to happen is in the grand scheme of history, South Park is going to take it because they've had more consistent seasons and episodes. And I'm just scared that because of just, like, mathematics of, like, half of The Simpsons has been worse than the good part. You know what I mean? Like, Do you think it's crossed over? You think it's been more bad than good? Yeah. Okay. And that's what sucks is like, I, I don't, I, I can't completely, but kids love it. You. People still watch it. And, but it's now geared towards children. I don't like the animation. I mean, it's really hard to watch. That's a controversial statement from you. I did not realize that. You no, know, I don't like the way the animation looks at all. I saw an episode or two the last season that I thought was brilliant. That's great. Yeah. Like they're that's still awesome, doing though. some good stuff. That's awesome. When I try to watch it, it just really upsets me. When was the last time you tried to watch it? Well, with my niece and nephews, because they love it. Sure, sure. But they love the newer ones. When you go to Taco Bell, what do you order? I get cheesy gordita crunch. So good. What meat? It's like ground beef. Okay. Um, And then I get, but I'm switching off. I think I'm going to start getting two cheesy gordita crunches. But I also love the cheesy potato burrito. Okay. And it's just like a burrito with potato cheese and sour cream. Yeah. And it comes with ground beef. And I take that out and I either add steak or chicken or nothing. Okay. But it's not as good as it used to be. Taco Bell and in general? Get, no, just that okay. item. And then I like the quesadilla to share if I'm with friends. That's fun. You got to share. Yeah. That's a completely different order than what I do. Good for but you. But cheesy cordial crunch is like my favorite. And then I know a lot of people like Crunchwrap Supreme. Yeah. I'll try it. That's but... good. I go Crunchwrap Supreme. That's actually my wife's order. I go seven layer burrito. Because it's like you don't feel as bad as you would because it's kind of not horrible for Is you. It it's not with the good. rice, though, with the yes. green. Yeah, I would get that. I get that. And then I've I, gotten a chalupa. Yeah, we all or, have. Oh, I've gotten We've a quesarita, too. I don't think I've I gotten a quesarita. It wasn't good. It was, too be- it was too heavy. I got the. Um, I always go for the spicy chicken burrito that's on like the value menu. Okay. That is, I think, the best bang for your buck. I just don't do spice. Oh, we're different people. I, I only. Can't do spice. I want all the hot sauces. I want. I want, I, I test my taste buds, but I can't. You'll change. You know taste buds change, right? I hope so. Yeah, every like, I'm like, so jealous. They evolve all the time. But I push myself. When's the last time Sabrina you tried- loves spicy. And yeah. so like she, when she makes burgers, she's an amazing cook. And like her burgers she makes, there are spices and jalapenos in uh-huh. the ground beef. So it's always a challenge. And in her breakfast stuff. And I push it, but like it's hard. Will you use hot sauce ever? Sriracha I'll do once in a while. Do you like sweet things? Because sriracha is sweet. Yeah, that's probably it. So you could easily go. Do you have you used the mild sauce at Taco Bell? I haven't even. That's tried like nothing. A sauce. That's nothing. Okay, I'll try, try the mild. mild. It's like nothing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, One time, Kelly Minta for Halloween went as a Taco Bell sauce packet. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you dress up for Halloween? Yeah, I love it. What do you? But what, not consistent. What were you last time you dressed up? Um, I was Luann Van Houten, Millhouse's mom. That's fun. Yeah. I like that one. I had blue eyebrows and like. Are you going to do something this year? I hope so. Any thoughts? I don't even know. Well, I've always wanted to be the Miller High Life girl. Oh, but there's like 10 different versions of that. With the moon. The girl on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also. But like you can't do like you have to sit the whole night or you have to like build a, a moon where it looks like you're sitting. I would build a moon that's a cup holder for my Miller High Life beers. I kind of understand what you're saying, but this sounds like I would very intricate. Some, yeah. 
But so is Luann Van Houten. No, that's easy. You could walk around. This seems like a posed thing. Oh, no, 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 no. That'd All be right. fine. I also, did you watch BoJack Horseman? I did not. So season two, um, one of the characters wears the most perfect outfit of all time. And if I was really thin, I'd wear it. But it's like so perfect. Um, and I would be her. It's an animated show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would love to. I, it's really cool. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I guess I haven't thought about it. I'm doing a. I'm hosting another show on Halloween. In the what last, are you gonna dress up as? I don't know yet. I got a while. What um, were you last year? Last time I did a Halloween show, I just wore. A, I feel like you just. Yeah, I was about to say you just wore a suit, suit and, and then I slow. And then like throughout the night, I added and took away parts of the suit and makeup. So I started the show. I think it was like 2012. I think I started the show as Mitt Romney, <laughs> and then I turned into Patrick Bateman from American Psycho because I slipped my hair back. And then I was Patrick Bateman as like a member of Kiss because then I just added. Paul Stanley's eye makeup. Then I was Patrick Bateman as a member of Kiss that got murdered, and so I became the Crow. And that, like, I would just slowly add shit between every single segment. That's very cool. Yeah. Were you stressed backstage? No, I, it was actually great because, like, it was a variety show, and I think there was like ten different segments. Oh, so I had to be like back and forth. It was like no different than hosting a comedy show. So I was like, I got time Tens to kill. A lot. Whatever. I don't. Know. Maybe it was less. Maybe it was more. I don't know. But I had time to kill, so I was like, "This is a nice activity to have backstage, rather than just like, I guess I got to wait for this fucking knife juggler guy. I don't give a fuck about you know. That is I don't very know. True. Do you ever deal with deal with freak show people? No. I'm assuming the more successful you've gotten, the more comedy only shows you do. Yeah, but like, uh, it's really what's it called? Um, theme shows are very trending right now. Are they? Yeah, so it's a lot of just like, and then you bring this, and you show and tell that, and yeah. we'll interview you about this. And that. there's so many themed shows. I'm doing one tonight, which is actually a great one, but um, a lot of themed shows. And it's I, I, even, yeah, I didn't even put no the pieces progress. together that, yeah, you are doing a theme show tonight. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. You don't seem <laughs> very so thrilled scared. about it. You should tell the people what you're doing. I'm singing. So it's Goddamn Comedy Jam. I do like an eight-minute set, and then I sing with a live band, and I'm going to sing Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. And I just hope I don't forget the words, and I hope I do a good job, and that's it. When's the last time you sing in public? I do karaoke. Oh, okay. But I'm always hammered, and I can't do a set hammered. And there's also the lyrics. Are you going to have a lyric sheet? No. That's the hardest part is like, so today I sang it without lyrics twice and then with lyrics a few times, and then when I go home to my hotel room, I'll sing it a few times, and then with sound check, we'll figure it out. But like... If there's a part where I keep fucking up, I'll maybe write them on my arm. David Bowie had a lyric sh- a booklet. Um, on stage? Yeah, on stage. People now use iPads. Like, there's absolutely no shame in doing it. I know, but it needs to be hit. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to keep looking at it. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure the goddamn comedy jam has a backup plan. Like they've been doing this for so long and it's like such a good popular show. I'm assuming they'll have some sort of like system. Good luck. Oh, I was also. Oh, my God. I did one of my dreams come true. I did a show and it was the devil wears Prada with the music from Wicked. Wait. And I was Adrian Grenier. Okay, so you were the boyfriend in the Devil Wears Prada movie. Yes. But, like, how, what do you mean meets Wicked? So the dialogue was all improvised, but the storyline was the Devil Wears Prada. And we were all playing. Mateo was Anne Hathaway. Okay. We had a Miranda Priestly. We had everyone. Okay. And then in the middle of the dialogue, there would be, like, beats we had to hit. And uh-huh. then we would break out into songs that were from the hit musical Wicked that pushed the story along. 
Because they do. Because at first, like, Adrian, well, Anne Hathaway, what's her name? Annie, Andy, was telling me, like, I got the job with Miranda Priestly, and it's like, The Wizard and I, and they sing that song. And then, um, you know, Stanley Tucci um, meets Andy and is trying to make her look good and sings um, Popular. Okay, that I'll makes help sense. You be popular, sure, and sure. then um, I'm not that girl. So Emily Blunt's character, the other yeah. receptionist, saying I'm not that girl when she didn't get to go to Paris, and it makes sense. It it kind of does. Yeah, and where was the show? It was at the Annoyance in New York. Okay, it was in a basement. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. No, we met an hour and a half, maybe two hours before the show to just like make sure we got the songs. But I was the only non-singer, and so everyone was. And, and then we all sang Defying Gravity at the end together. So you did sing that part. Oh, yeah, yeah. We all sang that. And I sang For Good with Mateo, but they had lyrics here because we changed it where we make up at the end. But then we kept dancing and it was really funny. He kept being like, why are you looking over there when I'm right here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but since I knew... Okay, so the other one, like the European sexy guy that tries to lure yes, her away, yes. sang Dancing for Life. And it was like... It worked perfectly. It was All amazing. Right. How many people were there? Um, it was a sold out show. Good. Yeah, it was packed. I mean, it's, a lot not of a big, it's not a big theater, but it was sure. packed. But he, they've done other versions. They did Chicago with something, and I was pissed. I want to be in it all the time. But since I knew I was the only non-singer, and they were all like funny. They're all very funny mm-hmm. and like improvisers and stand-ups. But like, I knew since I wasn't a singer, I just had to be funnier than everyone. And so, like, I used this opportunity to be very funny. And so it was okay that I was singing poorly because I got all these, like, applaud breaks. So tonight. And when I got backstage, all the cast was like, what happened out there? And I was like, oh, I was terrible. They're like, no, there were applaud breaks. I'm like, no, I'm sorry you guys are talented and work hard. But it was basically because I sucked that people (laughs) were, like, into it. But throughout the whole show, I would come out as, like, the villain. I played him like the villain because it's like. At the end where he's like, well, I'm going to Boston to achieve my dream, but I'm not going to let you achieve your dream. And like the friends fucking with her when she's giving them free shit. Like I he is the worst. And so I played him like a villain and I'd come out and just be like, I would always be flipping grilled cheese and talking about Jarlsberg. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I would just be like, uh, how dare you? Like I was. Yeah, it was so fun. And I got all these laughs and it was great. And I felt great about it even though I was the worst uh, singer. And the other people were incredible. They were incredible. So tonight you just have to be the funniest. I want to fucking do a good job with the band since it's a live band. Like, I want to, like, perform like I'm an actual performer. Like, I want to do the mic and I want to I want to be a pop star. That's, like, my com- like my comedy album is my, la- my chance to be Britney Spears. Like, everything I do is just... To be Britney Spears. So it's like I want to I want to like have a, a moment and like really perform it no matter how bad I sound. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> if you're really like Britney Spears and I still do this before. Don't worry about the vocals. Yeah. And just you should maybe just have somebody like kind of hidden. Not really on the side. That's also a woman singing the song and then you just lip sync it. I can't. It's too late now to do that. But I don't think that's the worst idea. No, I wish I brought all white. I just don't have white clothing because of the video, you know. Yeah. So there's like, are they a filming the show, mother? Oh yes, there is. Oh, uh, so she is always stressed out. No, no, no. I she's mean not. that baby is hanging off of her. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's we're, it's tough. Uh, for the listener at home, uh, there's a baby outside the window. Is there? A, is she a single mom? No. Oh, no, okay. Not at all. She um, had the energy of one. <laughs> oh, God. She's so deflated. Um, 
I just realized when you were saying, talking about uh, Adrian Grenier's character in that musical slash movie, uh, there's a bit of yours that I, I consistently have in my head. It's not even a bit. It's just part of one of your jokes um, about how if you're a straight white man in America and it's not working out for you, like yeah. you give up. Is what Walk into a river. That Walk into a river, yeah. Because you're useless. I've had that in my head since you've said that. Well, and, and what's and annoying no, 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 it's, now, it's good. though, it's can I just good. tell you what's annoying? And I'm sure. not saying, like, oh, I'm ahead of the trends or anything, but I kind of am. But, like, I was doing that material three, four years ago, and I put out my album special, and it's done. And now every, I feel like everyone is constantly talking about white men, white men, white And I just am, like, over it already. I disagree completely. I'm over it's, it. It's because you've noticed it. That's all it is. It's just, rec- it's just recognizing because it's in the... Uh, it's in... I'm just over it now. I'm just like so annoyed with anyone that says feminist on stage. No, like, I no. I remember it. when you like switched over and it was became a huge part of your act. Of course it did. Three years ago. Yes, but let so other now people, I'm just annoyed with let everyone. Other else. people have their time. Sure, I am just like, all right. What? So what do you revert to? Nothing. I guess I just feel like I'm cooler. Okay, that's it. Yeah, you're the first person to go on stage and <laughs> talk about that. Not the first person at all, but it's just like it's it's too much now. It's like too much I emphasis completely. on proving you're a just, point than getting laughs. You're right just now. noticing it. Maybe it's been like this for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. This is not a new thing whatsoever. No, it's been. I just you're right, but it's because I watch comedy all the time, yeah. constantly, and just with younger comics, it's just like I see younger comics trying to do. Marty and I have talked about this years ago, where. Like when you're a newer comic and you try to talk about this heavy stuff because you see Louis C.K. doing it and it's like, you're not good enough yet. Why don't you learn how to write a joke and then you can delve into these real topics that are in your life. And so like when when I was in Chicago and you see these younger comics and they're all trying to talk about these heavy, huge like world issues. And it's just like it's brutal to watch. I only gravitate towards people and it's like you're trending you're just following the trend sure that's how i feel it's like the whole thing with it's just it just feels like it's a trend right now and it's a bubble that's about to burst but if i hear one more fucking dude say i'm a straight white male on stage or i know men aren't allowed to do this or women like it i'm gonna explode and the thing is i still do a lot of material on how it's unfair to be a woman and man in society i just feel like there's a lack of creativity right now because it's all set forth in the news. So people are like, it's just a weird point in comedy that I'm not really a fan of right now. I have to disagree with you. Uh, I would. Yeah, that's great. I don't think that it's necessarily a moment in time whatsoever. Uh, I, I Is don't... there more comedian. Is that it? Is there just more? Is it everywhere? It just seems like everyone's trying to get on the social justice bandwagon. And it's that's like, you're just what you're noticing. And you're is. also noticing the pushback on it. And it's also an election year. So I don't yeah. think it's a new thing whatsoever. But I do think that there's absolutely nothing inherently wrong with pointing out if you are a straight white male yeah. in America. There's It just depends on what you do with that information okay. on stage. It's not like, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm a straight white man in America, but women be bitches. No, that's no, horrible. You're right. Clearly. I'm obviously like using a few people that I don't like to generalize over like everyone's work and that's what's happening. But like there's just a few people out there or like more like that are using issues to get ahead and it's not good and it's not that funny and they're using it as a platform to be like, oh, well, I guess you didn't laugh because I'm edgy and it's like, no, you're not edgy. It's not funny. You're just proving points about what's going on in the world with no actual jokes. As a performer, do you think that that will alter the way you write 
because you don't want to become that. Yeah, I want a punchline every 15 to 30 seconds. Okay. See, I because maybe it's because I've seen it from the op, not the opposite but a different perspective. I only want to talk about things on stage that only I can talk about on stage. Yeah. Which is very different. I don't care about the punchline. I clearly have none most of the time. But I like that too. There's a lot of funny comics when I watch them. I'm like, anyone can do that set. Yes. You're I don't ever want to do that. Yeah, no. And and that's why I think the older I get, the more I gravitate towards people like Mulaney, who's just, here's, I love him. here's an anecdote about my life that happened to me. That's it. So funny. And it, there's, you can't write that because it's, or take you didn't what's live happening. that. I just don't like the lack of originality. I guess maybe that's what it is where it's like, are you really are you really going to talk about someone not touching your hair? Like black women have been talking about that for 30 years. I just feel doing that and not a unique perspective and not a personal story is lazy and it's not comedy and it's jumping on like a serious issue to further your own personal gain. I can't say if that's good or bad, but I can say that I don't have to do those jokes so I don't care. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like good for you, not for me. Yeah. That, that's how I leave it. It, it it's, it's pointless. Did you read the RuPaul interview, the New York Magazine Vulture one? Uh, a, I'm a huge RuPaul fan. Yeah. Uh, you could you keep talking because I have to leave. You're gonna see me, but just keep talking. But You're yes. gonna grab some RuPaul stuff for I'm me. Oh RuPaul my god, stuff. I'm so excited. Yes. Uh, but you can hear me. Yes. One of the things that I loved the most was when he said, "If you in your head think you are a victim, You're you a will victim. find every, per, like every piece of evidence to." solidify that you are a victim yes and and that's what i feel with some of this comedy it's not coming from a powerful fl- place it's coming from like everyone's around me but you are not funny so you don't get to use social issues as a vehicle for yourself when you actually don't have the core like clearly on the skills. same page we are clearly on the yeah. same page this is uh working it yeah RuPaul's yeah guide to life liberty and the pursuit of style my favorite thing ever was when she said tranny and like everyone was like rah, 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 and b was just like she went nuts our friend and she was just like how dare you she's been working it from before you were born and you're gonna tell her how to fucking work go fu-. like Ugh, I just... Uh, I'm not giving you that, just to be clear. No, I know. Okay, good. Yeah. If it was almost any other book, I would happily give it to you. No, no, no. I don't read, so it's... That is an important book in my life. And even if you don't read, uh, open it up. It's mostly a picture book. Yeah, great. (laughs) It's fantastic. Do you love uh, that But I'm a Cheerleader movie? Yes, and I know the rules in it. Uh, I've watched every episode of Drag Race way too many times. See, I've never gotten into it. I don't know if I don't have... Yeah, I have to watch it, huh? Yes, you do. Your friend is fucking friends with all of these queens. Your friend Mateo... Bianca Del Rio. ...is like on her fucking comedy special. He did the red carpet for the newest premiere. Yeah, last night on Logo. Or uh, for oh, like, it was like, I don't know. It was like they were recording last night or something like that. Yes, you should fucking watch that. Yeah, RuPaul's the best. Uh, RuPaul and wrestling. That's all I've been like watching in the past year. But when have you always watched wrestling nonstop? No, that's what I'm saying. There's no. like a little bit of a resurgence. I'll tell you. I know exactly when my maybe res- it's the network. The network is a huge part about it. But yeah. for me, it was clearly when the Patrick Kane sexual assault charges came up. I'm a big, big, big Blackhawks fan. And I went to the White House when they were there with the cop in 2013 or 2014. I apologize. And um, uh, big, we're big Black Hawks household. And I was a rape victim advocate. So as soon as the Patrick Kane stuff came out, I was like, "Well, can't be a fan of that." And that's when I found out that the Ricketts donated five million dollars to the Scott Walker campaign for president. So I'm like, I can't like the Cubs because they're just crazy Republicans. And then I got real sad. And then I got into wrestling. So you're very serious. I am very serious. Yeah, you won't support people that you don't agree with. No, I wouldn't watch a Cubs game until later in the season when I found out that they're one of the Ricketts' daughters 
works for the Obama Obama administration is a big LGBT ally and like so they like negate each other and Theo Epstein has a fantastic organization that raises a shitload of money, money for at-risk kids in both Boston and Chicago so it's like okay now I could watch the Cubs again okay yeah and the Sox weren't good last year so I was just like well I'll just deep dive into wrestling and then my friend Chris and I decided to watch and record podcasts about every single WrestleMania in order so we did that did you rewatch them and then? I had never seen any of them. I saw one of them live. Thirty-one, I saw live. So then I I watched one through thirty, thirty-two now on the network. So the network is a huge part of it as well. The network is probably a huge. So it was a success. Yeah. Because at first it was like not that good, but no. now I think it's gotten in its stride. Yeah. So it's just for me, it's like all about drag queens. And wrestlers, that's it. Which is so telling. They're the same. They're the so fucking, they're the same. We're all, we get to pick our identities. That's all it is. Yeah, I guess like, I don't want to go back and forth. And I feel like maybe my opinion was too strong, but I'm just sick of people resting on proving points over jokes. And I guess that's it too. I think that's a lot of the Daily Show's fault. And it's not the Daily Show's fault. It's all the people that watch the Daily Show growing up and thinking, like, I should do that. It's like, well, it, it was funny first. You're forgetting the funny part. Yeah, and it's like, oh, also, are you actually mad about these things? Yeah. Like, I just don't trust. I don't. I'm just. I think it's fake. And I don't like this fake. I just. I don't trust it. I don't, I don't think it's I don't real. Think any, I don't think, I don't think any of it is fake. But I, I do question the why. Yeah, it's all real. Whenever you say something, it automatically becomes real, but it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be said. Because what are you providing? Yeah, because I talk about gender on stage all the time. Still to this day, like all my new stuff's all about gender, yeah. and it's important to me. And I think it's funny, but I want to say something unique and different and smart. I don't want to just go on and just like say the same things that have been said all the time. Yes, I think it's also going to be a lot more difficult for you the older you get, the longer you are doing this as your job because your experiences are going to be more and more difficult to relate. Yeah. I'm assuming I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah. Cause right now the stuff I'm doing and it's not so much about white men at all, but like I, my theory is that the, the reason gender powers are so shifted is because men get to overcome their physical flaws. Right. And fuck people and women can't do that. And I think that's where all male power comes from is that no matter what you look like, you can achieve something and fuck because life's about fucking. Sure. And you could fuck whoever you want. But as a woman, no matter how good you are at anything, you just have to look better. And I think that's where all of all the paradigms, all the powers, everything comes from. You're 100 percent right. And so that's where I'm like, that's where I'm most of my new materials coming from is like trying to prove that and like having fun with that. But don't you like people have talked about that before? Yeah. So does but like that? How is that different than if you're saying it now for the first time? The same way before, it's like straight women need to walk into the. Right. I don't think people are the way the audiences are reacting. I don't feel like they've been hearing it. They are no. I agree with you. I don't think people are hearing it every day. But it's not like the most original thought. It's a very good thought. Oh no! I think the theory that that's where all power. I think it is. Okay. I want you to be right. I think it's I great. I do too. I mean, it might not be that unique, but like, I think the way I'm delivering, I think it is, but I hope other people think that and see it. I think you could easily illustrate and you clearly do. And like, Yeah, I have like the sex in the city joke I love doing so much. And I know that's 18 years old and I don't know. I just, that I really think that that's where everything comes from. That's the only reason men have power. Yay. There's really nothing else. Do you like Kanye? 
I mean, I saw him live and it was great. Where'd you see him? I did. I uh, went to the United Center for the Watch the Throne concert. Nice. And it was very impressive. I yeah. had an amazing time, but like, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. I think I don't care. I love him. You have you have the Yeezys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop it there. Really, you're gonna stop it? The podcast? Yeah. Is that okay? Oh, that that was a funny dumb line. I've never heard you got the Yeezys. I didn't. I mean, I don't know if you got them. Most no. people have them. The shoes? Yeah. No, I don't have the Yeezys. Why do you like him? I don't. He's I don't. the most important artist of the 21st century at this point. Um, he's 100% honest. Except he rips off all of the fashion that he does from collections from previous years and yeah, different he's great. designers. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's important. Okay. Uh, he does the same with music, but he's got the, he's the best curator. He's the only person that says that talks about his flaws openly and honestly. No, he doesn't because he doesn't say... Does he say that he's like a cocky-ass, yes. egomaniacal guy? Yes. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, all the time. Okay, cool. Yes. He's the only one that's really trying at that level. Yeah, I don't know. I just like I'm turned off by that. What? The confidence? I'm turned off by the like comparing himself to other great people oh, in I history. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I think it's weird, but he put on a great show. Yeah. I just think he's kind of retarded. Sure. I think there's like some sort of retardation happening. I wouldn't say retardation. I would say there's he, he's unbalanced. He's chemically unbalanced, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think he's Do brilliant. you love the Kardashians? I respect what they do. It's not for me. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not going to watch it, but that doesn't make them bad people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not for me. Why would I watch that? I'm not... I, no, but you, you're not, like, hateful towards them. No, no. That's crazy. I don't think I'm hateful towards any celebrity at this point. Honestly, right now, I feel so insecure for hating on everyone trying to do social justice comedy when that's, like, <laughs> definitely what I do, and I feel weird about it, but I don't know. Do you need to apologize to anyone specifically? I don't need to apologize. I'm just like grossed out by a lot of people. And, you know, the. So the, is that your biggest pet peeve in comedy right now? The theory behind it is like when you hate someone, it's because you see yourself in them. Sure. And so it's like a lot of stuff. So like now I'm like, oh, fuck. But I don't know. What's the thing you hate the most? Is it that? No. I the, What I hate the most is when people feel entitled or deserving of things. Um,. And, like, act like they deserve it more than other people. Sure, sure, And I don't like when people, like, want to use comedy as a vehicle to get... Like, comedy is a goal in itself. Like, the privilege to be able to do this for a living is huge. And I think it goes over people's heads, like, how lucky everyone is that you get to do this. And the entitlement that people feel that they deserve to do this for a living disgusts me. Where it's like, no... That's not true. Like, it's a privilege. And if you don't get that, then it sucks and you should keep trying. But, like, I don't like when pe- when I hear people feel like they deserve certain career things or money or not to have a day job or, like, to have a safe space or all of these things on stage where it's like, no, you're not entitled to any of it. And you're not better than everyone else. None of us are. So it's like, that's that's what pisses me off the most when I see people kind of using it for... Like, why aren't I more fit or why don't I have more money or why don't I that instead of just like, oh, my God, I get to do this and I get to get better at it. Because a lot of the times people 
will complain like I've done this and I've done this and I should have that. But it's like you don't have an hour that can go around the country. You don't have a quality hour. Why don't you work on that quality hour? So then when things do happen, you have this amazing hour for yourself. Like, why are you so worried about it's just that's what pisses me off the most. I think it's interesting that you brought in the safe space thing. Yeah. Without prompt. Those are very different things. Yeah, but it's one of those things where like um, I was talking about this with Kurt Metzger where a lot like people fight with him on the Internet all the time about uh, comedy and they hate him and they think he's a misogynist. But one of the things people someone wrote to him was like, I deserve us. Everyone deserves a safe space to do comedy. And it's like, no, you don't. None of us do. If you're it doesn't matter who you are, like if you think that you can only do comedy when it's a calm room that only wants to hear you, that's crazy. I've performed in an all black audience and it's awesome sometimes, but it's terrifying. Like I've bombed in front of hundreds of black people and it's miserable. Like it's the worst thing, but I wouldn't leave and be like, I'm entitled to a safe space. I just sure. feel like you're not. I, you know, those dudes that tried to like threaten to kill that couple that tried to threaten me or like I've been booed by 500 black college students before. I've been like in situations where it's terrible. Where was so the, you, where was the 500? In Maryland in Frostburg University, Frostburg State University. It took me eight hours to get there by train and then a van that I thought was going to be a bus. And I get there and I'm, I was opening for some, I got paid a lot, so it doesn't matter. But like, who are you I opening walked, for? Lil Duval. So, <laughs> yeah, you're perfect for this. So it was Lil Duval's uh, audience, but I walked on. I just couldn't get them. Every time I tried, booed, screaming on their phone, Snapchatting, trying to tape me, um, conversations. I couldn't even get them quiet. And and then I insulted someone, and they liked it. I'm like, okay, this is what they want. They want personal attention. I'm just gonna hit everyone. That didn't work. Every time I tried to do a joke, someone would stand up and start screaming at me. You ain't funny. I would swipe right on you, like calling me names. And I was just like, I tried as hard as I could. I couldn't handle them. And finally I went, I've never looked at a group of failures before, like such a large group of failures before in my life. I'm like, none of you will succeed in this world. I go, I spent eight hours trying to get here. Even if you don't like me, the fact that this is the way you respect people is disgusting. Lil Duval's not here because he's fucking late. And that's what you guys deserve. So I'm standing up here till he's here, but I have nothing else to say to you. And so then I just waited until I got a, a notice that he was there and I got off the stage. How much longer until he was there? Um, like five minutes. Okay. So it wasn't, but still like you literally just stood there for five minutes in silence. Yeah. I just said, you're all fucking disgusting and I'm a funny person and we could have had a great time together and we could have like, I could have worked with you guys and you missed a, uh, you missed out on an opportunity to have a good show. And then you just stood there for five minutes. Yeah, and I said, I'm getting paid no matter what. And you're, none of you are going to succeed in life. What are you like? What majors do you have? Did they boo? Yeah, they all booed. For how long? For the whole five for minutes? For a while. The whole show was talking, booing, screaming, insults. Did you have to, did you stay for the entire show after that? No. And then they were like, so are you still going to do the meet and greet? I'm like, you need to take me to my hotel room right now. And then the two administrators came up to me and said, we are so sorry. Our students are assholes. We apologize. And I'm like, it's fine. I need to leave. When did you get the check? Um, Like a week or two later. Okay. So they paid you in full. Yeah. Even though I didn't do my, because the colleges are really strict. You have to do your full time. Yeah. Because I've performed at colleges where it's like 17 people in a theater for 400 and you have to do your full hour and it's like, I'll make the best out of everything. Yeah, sure. But at that opportunity, it, it's like. Were you supposed to do an hour? No, it's supposed to do 30 okay. and maybe did 15. Maybe. Wow. 
But I'm just saying, so it's like when, yeah, obviously sexual assault and like terrible things shouldn't happen, but like the, it's the same, it's the RuPaul victim thing. Like if you find yourself as a victim, but that's why what we talked about before we started with like women that do stand up have to be a little bit more confident because you're gonna be in a room filled with 80 men and that's it. And if that intimidates you or you feel like you can't handle it, then don't, that's, what do you want? You want... Go to your safe spaces. Go do female-only open mics. And, and, they, and they do. They exist. Yeah, but don't then expect success because you'll never be funny. If you only perform for audiences that are built for you, you will never get funny. You want to perform for a bunch of lesbians? Cool. Do it. But you're not a real comic. I don't think you're a real comic. Like, I think it's dangerous to perform for only where you feel safe. You will never get better and you will never learn. And it's like a hand-holding. And it just like sickens me. I think there's an okay place to stop, <laughs> if that's okay with you. Yeah.